2: Hello and welcome to part two of our Star Trek The Next Generation episode of Retrospection. Join our continuing voyage as we resume our look at the pilot episode Encounter at Fairpoint. My name's Colin and what the hell? Children are not allowed on the bridge.
1: And my name's Paul and I can't see as well as Geordie, but so far the material seems rather ordinary.
2: Oh, uh, what is your script?
1: <laughs> I've worked out on my script.
2: Not like Q. Makes a change.
1: Yes, yes. Put a lot of work in.
2: Previously on Star Trek, The Next Generation. On Picard's first day as Captain of the Enterprise, he meets the omnipotent alien Q, who places him on trial for the past crimes of humanity. Q sets up a challenge to prove the human race has changed by dealing with the mysteries at Point Station. Meanwhile, Tasha Yar was frozen and defrosted. Riker ate an apple, and Commander Beverly Crusher bought some fabric. And now, the conclusion.
1: Oh, I would love it if they did it like that every week. Every time there was a two-parter, that would be amazing. It's better than it's better than Major Barrett when she used to do it. Do you remember that? Yeah,
2: I do. Yeah. Before we continue, do you want to talk about the current state of Star Trek? Do we have to? Um. Well, I guess. Well, we don't have to. No, there are no rules, Paul.
1: <laughs> there don't seem to be any rules in the current state of Star Trek either, Colin.
2: No, uh, what's going on with it?
1: it? It's less of a, it's less of a science fiction show now, more of a fantasy show, isn't it? That's the way I feel. Yeah, it's about
2: more Star Wars the Star Trek.
1: Yeah, I mean, we've got we've got things like magic crystals, we've got blokes that can talk to planets, you know. Right.
2: There's no chain of command.
1: No. Yeah. No. <laughs> everyone does what they want, and if someone tells them to do something, it's like whatever. <laughs> isn't yeah. it that's roll the their attitude. eyes yeah. cry i find it quite sad and upsetting that this is where we are with star trek because star trek and i think you feel the same way it means a lot to be star trek it's something it's right. something that's been with me for a long time ever since i can remember probably at the age of six or seven was probably the first time i think we talked about this before that i saw star trek and to see it through all the highs that it went through for the original series and next generation and the movies and then voyager and then back <laughs> and, and then back up with enterprise and in the middle of that we got ds9 which which I didn't like at first but you talked me around and, and I came to love it's just it's not the show it was is it
2: no and, I, and in some ways it's frustrating because the production value is everything you would have wanted star trek to have
1: oh yeah every episode looks like a movie doesn't it yeah but the scripts are just terrible and they they
2: they just they're just so intent on not moving
1: on yeah why do we always have to go back why do we always have to not, i mean we've had the kelvin movies that were set in the original series and now we've got strange new worlds and we had discovery which they kind of tried to fix by taking it forward into the far future, but why can't we just have something that c- continues the story on from wh- the point where we were with The Next Generation?
2: Yeah, yeah. And then they, and then they, they borrow from canon, but then on the other hand, they ignore canon when they feel like it.
1: I, I think, though, like we said last time, that comes down to the fact that the people writing Star Trek now, the most that they probably... Look into Star Trek. Is they watch Star Trek two? They watch a handful of original episodes. They watch a few. They watch best of both worlds parts one and two. Raph of, Raph Khan. of Khan and and then um, they Wikipedia the rest of it really if they can be bothered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But
2: it's also it feels like the writers don't even like science fiction. Well, no, because it's not science fiction, is it
1: anymore? No, and they they don't like science. Give me an example. I know you've got one.
2: Well, there's that one with with Picard where they use an electromagnetic charge to stop. I think it was to stop the cars moving, the bus to move. Oh yeah, and then she uses the same device to stun somebody mm-hmm. with.
1: Yeah, in in the new season of Picard, season two. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: But there's also mistakes like there's a scene in Picard where they say we don't don't take phases back mm-hmm. because it will upset the timeline. But then they've all got phasers.
1: Yeah, there's a massive um, shootout towards the end of of the series with phasers flying everywhere. So it's like not only
2: are they not paying attention to the world of Star Trek, they're not even paying attention to what they're writing.
1: Well, I think what they need and what they're lacking now is, and I said this before, a firm hand at the helm. And as much as people like Gene Roddenberry and then, after him, Rick Berman, have been maligned a little bit over the years. It -hmm. misses those kind of people, I think.
2: Yeah, someone who just keeps check of everything.
1: Yeah.
2: It's almost like you could get a writer come in and write a story, right? And then they pass it over to a Star Trek writer who knows Star Trek and then shapes the story... Mm -hmm. To fit in with the Star Trek world, that's what it needs.
1: And I think that's that's kind of what they always did before, isn't it? With people like Bran and Braga, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it, it, I think there's a certain—I don't know—know this for a fact, but I kind of get the feeling that there's a certain arrogance now. They don't need that anymore.
2: They yeah, that they know better than the people yeah. out
1: there. we we know we know yeah. what should be done. And you're going to like it. And if you don't like it, we don't want you to watch it. Yeah. Well, solved that one, didn't they? <laughs> well, that that boggles the mind, doesn't it? Because how how can you produce a show and then turn around to 50, 60% of your audience and say, if you don't like it, don't watch it. It's not for you.
2: Yeah, It's it's a weird thing. You wouldn't get that in any other industry. You wouldn't. No. It's only this one now. It says they like they they bring up a show that fans love and then they change it so much that fans hate it, then complain that the fans hate it. It's like, well don't don't make that show. Make something different. I,
1: I often wonder what State Star Trek would be in now, whether we would feel different about it if someone like um, Seth MacFarlane had got the job to showrun it, which he was what he wanted. But, and he didn't get it, and that's why we've got the Orville
2: yeah which which the Orville has changed over the three seasons, like the first season it it was supposed to be almost a parody of Star Trek, but they've really dropped
1: that, and now it is almost like star trek i and he said he said multiple times that he wanted to do Star Trek properly. yeah I mean, it couldn't be any worse than what we've got now
2: No, that's true oh well
1: but but a lot of people like it. We 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 have to say that a lot of people do like what they're doing now. They're, it does have its fans. Seems to. So yeah. it could just be it's not for us.
2: Yep. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. There you go. That should be. It, that should be. That should be a catchphrase. <laughs> we'd be saying it all the time, Colin. Colin.
2: <laughs> Retrospection. <laughs> it's not for us.
1: That's how we'd lead out most. If we did anything current, that's how we'd lead it out. Yeah. It? It's not for us. Not for us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. It, it's it, it's just it's just sad. I find it quite sad. Yeah. I mean, I, I rewatched recently Star Trek Wrath of Khan with my son and and I'm I'm we we're, we're watching the original series and he's enjoying it every second of it and he's got no desire to watch Strange New Worlds or Discovery or anything. Now, is
2: that your influence or is it just
1: I never. I, well, for years he wasn't interested in Star Trek at all, and then and then one day he just said, "I'm like to try and some Star Trek." And no, I said, it, "Okay, where do you want to start?" Oh,
2: no, no. This is how it went. Do you want to watch Star Trek, Jay? Do you want to watch Star Trek, Jay? Do you want to it? <laughs> oh my god! Okay, I'll watch Star Trek, Dad. Stop <laughs> mithering me about it. Uh. <laughs> That's how he really. It wasn't went.
1: exactly. It wasn't exactly like that. He just it kept exactly. leaving
2: Star Trek figures everywhere.
1: Well, they are everywhere, yeah. to be honest. Yeah,
2: uh, and talking of your son, in our previous episode, we thanked everybody yes. under the sun for their contributions to retrospection, and you forgot one person who was that? The co host or the main host, I would say, of junior retrospection,
1: Jay. Uh, wait, wait junior, what?
2: It, it, it's a it's a podcast we do once in a blue moon about
1: my oh, Younger did
2: I? aimed oh. shows. Yeah.
1: Um. Uh, well, all I can say is. Um...
2: And that's all we've got time for. So let's move on.
1: <laughs> when you feel threatened, you uh you t- you tend to be defensive, Colin. Me, I'm talking about not you. <laughs> Oh, all, right. all right. Yeah, I was
2: like, "What? Wait, what? Where's this coming from?"
1: No, he, he, he's better at it than me. Oh, <laughs> all right. Yeah, I have said
2: I'm going to replace you.
1: No, I, I, I genuinely did forget my own son. So, Jay, thank you. And
2: father of the year goes to <laughs> not you. <laughs> By the way, I was going to say Rafa Khan excellent film. Is guilty, though, of shaping every Star Trek film since then.
1: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They all try and follow that template, don't they?
2: The, the revenge plot.
1: The worst one is, um, the one that is the most obvious in is Star Trek Nemesis.
2: Oh, I was going to say Into Darkness.
1: Yeah, but Into Darkness is, is kind of a remake of Star Trek 2, isn't it? Yeah, but badly. Badly, very badly, but Star Trek Nemesis takes the template of Star Trek Two and tries to tries to move it into the next generation, yeah. and, and it doesn't work. Maybe you just yeah. can't catch that lightning twice in a bottle. You know, it's right. impossible.
0: Yeah,
1: I did uh, b- before we 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 crack on with uh, what are we doing? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Star Trek Next Generation. <laughs> um, I I did hear an interesting theory the other day about why modern trek doesn't fit with the original series anymore why, why why it looks different mm. you know because strange new worlds is supposed to be a prequel to the original series but obviously everything looks more um from enterprise onwards everything looks more modern doesn't it and yeah
2: I mean, I should put out that I don't care about that, but... Neither do
1: I. Neither do I. I, But it was an interesting theory, so I thought I'd run it by you. Okay. So, there's a a few people that I didn't write their names down. Uh, (laughs) um, So, this is not my theory. This is other people's theory on the internet. That Star Trek was actually soft rebooted all the way back at the end of First Contact. Okay. So... So First Contact happens where we all know the the, the story of First Contact. Enterprise goes back in time. TNG Mm -hmm. cast go back in time to stop the Borg from taking over and stopping First Contact and and taking over the, uh, the Earth. So that happens. The Earth is aware of the fact that there were these cybernetic creatures that were foiled by people from the future, which in an episode of Enterprise... Archer mentions that he he that that Cochrane used to talk about these cybernetic creatures that were beaten by these people from the future. Right. So that didn't happen before in the original timeline.
2: Yeah, got it. Yeah.
1: So that changed the whole development of Starfleet and the Federation. They upped their game. They created the that all the technology got improved because they, they oh. thought there's this threat out there. Yeah. That, that that might change things and and that had a knock-on effect to to um other races like the klingons developed cloaking technology sooner than they did in the original series that's why the romulans ended up bumping into the federation in enterprise whereas they were, weren't supposed to bump into the federation until the original series all that kind of right. so it kind of all changed it I thought it was an interesting theory. I mean it's it's bullshit, but it Yeah it's desperate. But Yeah. But it kinda works. If you if you if you keep that in your head when you when yeah. you watch it, it kinda works. So that's why right. the Enterprise in Strange New Worlds looks a little bit different than than what we get in the original series. Okay. But there's so many Star Trek timelines going around now that you just don't know where you are, do you?
2: No. No. And the JJ Abrams Star Trek, they didn't even seem to understand. What a splintered timeline was all right shall we get back to encounter at fairpoint yes
1: let's let's do some decent star trek or is it who
2: knows (laughs) (laughs) we see the enterprise in orbit alongside the uss hood the hood separates and moves away pickard walks onto the bridge and asks Riker if his message was sent bon voyage mon ami because you know he's french
1: I thought maybe you just gave him the finger and a load raspberry out the window. Out the window? Out the he's window. The
2: window a starship.
1: Yeah. <laughs> well, he's always standing at that window, isn't he?
2: Yeah, just staring out.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: You know,
2: like that. <laughs> well, is this carry on, Star Trek?
1: Oh, are we going to cast it?
2: We are. <laughs> oh, no. Oh. oh, well, that's easy. Captain Picard is Kenneth Williams.
1: Really? I would have thought you'd said Sid James. No, Sid James would be Riker, wouldn't he? Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Ladies, man. Hattie Jakes as Troy? Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. Uh, Data? Charles Hortrey. Oh, nice.
2: Good call. Yes. Tasha would be uh, Babs. Babs, yep. And Worf? He's a tricky one. Peter Butterworth. Oh, Oh yeah, you could. Oh, oh that guy with the twitch. Oh god. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot the actor's name. I'd,
1: yeah. That'd be a
2: great security oh, chief. My god. Phaser keeps going off every time he twitches.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like that. Um and um what about O'Brien? Or Con as he is in this. I don't know. Uh, who have we got who, left? Who, yeah, who have we got left? Oh I know. Windsor Davis. Oh, yeah. All right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. There you go. Okay. There you go. We're, Carry
2: on trekking. We are
1: straying very dangerously close to a porn parody, of which I, <laughs> there are many.
2: <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure there are. Not not yeah. that I've
1: seen them, Colin.
2: You've been in them. <laughs> um, they, they pretty much knock up. Uh, knock on the head the old French thing, don't they? You don't really hear him speaking French. I think he squirs in what episode? Merd? Yeah, yeah, that's about last, it. Last outpost. Maybe? That's about it. I but think. they kind of stop it, don't they? they?
1: They bring it back a lot in season two of Picard, though. I wouldn't know. Fair
2: enough. Q appears on the view screen. Stop wasting time. At which point, Worf springs into action and raises his phaser. Picard shouts, Lieutenant, do you intend to blast a hole through the viewer? I mean, that's a fair question, and one that would have you wondering about this guy's ability for the future. I know. I suspect the guy almost shot the TV, the head of security.
1: Well, he does promise to do better. Well, you couldn't do worse than that, could you? This is how I uh, have have conducted myself in all lines of work, Colin. I promise I'll do better. Oh,
2: right. At first, I thought he was going to say the quick... Reaction, but it's like, uh,
1: how, no, that requires did that actual effort, Colin.
2: Yeah, I'm still waiting for you to respond to things from 1987.
1: I'll get there eventually. Um, what, all right, this goes back to what we said in, in our last episode about I really think Picard needs to check the, the, the CVs of his uh staff, doesn't he?
2: Yeah, that'll come up again in a later. All right, okay. Picard says, Oh. For this to be fair, they should be allowed to do it at their own pace. Q tells him that they have 24 hours. Worf apologises, and Riker gives him points for acting fast. It's all a bit yeah. weird, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, well done. You nearly blew a hole in the stairship.
1: <laughs> I, I like the way that Picard actually dressed him down slightly in that kind of snotty... I know he's supposed to be French, but it's a very snotty British way, isn't it? It's, <laughs> yeah. it's very passive-aggressive of him, isn't it?
2: It was, yeah. Yeah. Pickard tells Riker that they are going to carry on as normal. If they are to be damned, let's be damned for what we really are, he says. A motto you live by. (laughs)
1: I've been damned for a long time, Colin.
2: Mm, You have? Mm. We see the Enterprise and hear Pickard's latest log entry. Personal log, stir date 41153.8. Of the 24 hours, Q allotted us to prove ourselves. 11 have now passed without incident, and yet... I cannot forget Q's prediction that we will face some critical test. On another matter, i blocked the toilet again. You, you never hear locks like that. Personal log. Woke up. Didn't feel like going into work. I mean, it's not like we even earn money in this universe. No gold pressed latinum for me. Called in sick. Went back to bed. In the room, Riker has explained to Picard that all the planet has to offer is an abundance of geothermal energy, and yet was able to build the base to Starfleet standards using material that cannot be created on that world. Picard seems skepti- skeptical about Riker's reports of almost magical moments when objects that are fought suddenly appear. And then Picard thinks, well, there's nothing threatening about a race trying to please them but Riker thinks there's more to it.
1: Could it be Q trying to trick them? Do you think this is a bit weird that Picard's kind of like brushing it all off?
2: I guess I don't mind it here because he doesn't know who Riker is or mm. anything about Riker. Mm. But if they were doing it like six years from now and he's like going, ah, Riker, you know what you like. <laughs> you'd be like, no, usually he's pretty
1: straightforward. It, 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 it plays though like he's kind of going, you you know? Do you know? do you know the day I've had? You know, and you're ear, giving Do me more that. shit. I don't think so. <laughs> I can really can't be bothered with this. You know. Yeah. Did you notice Maybe that? that's what it is. Did you notice on um, Picard's desk that we don't have data tablets yet? Those those weird laptop type things that they have, where they spin them round.
2: Oh, I thought that was something that Commander Data was taking.
1: <laughs> Data's tablets. <laughs> yeah.
2: Sorry. <laughs> his angina. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, so he maintains that he's fully functional fully, in every ability. Oh, yeah.
1: Those little blue ones, you know those very well, Colin, don't you? Uh, yeah, yeah.
2: You know, naked time episode. That's yeah, what he says. Yeah,
1: yeah, I know he does. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they, they don't have those yet. He's just, he's got weird sort of um, plastic sort of see-through things that he's got on his desk.
2: Right. They also don't appear to be able to um, make tea because he has a kettle at one point or a, <laughs> a teapot or something
1: it, it's like oh shit it's Star Trek we forgot about those uh, what are they called those um, things that generate food and drink and stuff in the walls what are they called
2: what are they called Pop? I don't know what what are are they I they can't call?
1: remember that's why I'm asking you Colin <laughs> it's
2: called, yeah, I can't remember <laughs> replicators
1: <Either. laughs> there Replicator. You go. there we go <laughs> maybe that was the uh, an authentic reproduction of the conversation that the writers had <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <they> realise yeah. <laughs>
2: that's, that's what we're doing. <laughs> well, uh, maybe he replicated a, a teapot because he wanted to, a bit of tradition with
1: his tea making. Well, and then the week after, he just thought, oh, fuck it. Yeah, he yeah, has, <laughs> getting too <laughs> much work.
2: He's got like a, a half a dozen teapots. Because <laughs> what do you do you smash them and then replicate another one. Once you've done it once, you've got a teapot then. That's true. You?
1: That is true. Uh, well, he does have his fish in this episode. They're, they're, they're actually, we... there. He, he, you know, his little fish yeah. tank. I often wonder what yeah. happened to those fish when that ship crashed in generations.
2: Yeah. Oh, you know, you're not bothered about the hundreds of crew that were
1: killed. No, just the fish. Well, I wonder know what happened to the fish. Yeah, I mean, they were gone. prized fish. Do you think he had the same fish for the, the whole of like the series?
2: No, but he doesn't know he didn't. Data keeps changing, <laughs> and they die, and they don't tell Captain Picker that his fish are dead.
1: Oh, they don't die. You know what happens to them? Spot. That's what happens to them.
2: Oh, Spot. <laughs> yeah, it's just. What are you doing in my registry? Lieutenant Data? Uh, nothing.
1: <laughs> Why is Spot soaking wet?
2: <laughs> well, he's been swimming in the uh, holodeck.
1: <laughs> Bit like Wesley later. Yeah. yeah.
2: They step out onto the bridge, and Pickard reveals that he's invited Councillor Troy to join them on their away mission to the planet. But it seems the two already know each other. Troy telepathically communicates with Riker, asking if he remembers what she taught him. She walks towards Riker. Can you still sense my thoughts? Out loud, she says. Pleasure, Commander. Riker replies. Likewise, Counselor. Picard asks. Ever... Ever do you two, you know... Met before. He doesn't say it like that. <laughs> thus, he, thus, right there, he shows more empathic ability than Troy does in the entire episode. Don't know why he needs a beta side when he can sense what's going on. <laughs> yes.
1: Yeah. He he he's figured it out, hasn't he? This is just um Decker and Aria all over again, isn't it?
2: Yeah. I never thought about that. I guess it is. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yep. Oh yeah. It's that scene yeah. in the corridor, isn't That's... it? You know, when she this says the, when is... she says to him something like "you never said goodbye" or
2: something, right, right. Oh, That's just the most profound thought I've ever experienced. You have for <laughs> hundred episodes.
1: Jeez, make the most of it. I'm glad I was it's here. Gonna be another hundred before we, we, we get to this again. Well, oh, you you visibly you visibly uh, sag there, Colin, when I said
2: that. I I was just thinking every every listener that you know all two of them that <laughs> download our podcast just sighing. <laughs> despair (laughs) it's
1: niche it's niche now does does Troy lose this telepathy thing later because I don't recall it being a thing
2: no she doesn't use it much does
1: she I don't remember I think she does it with her mum doesn't she in an episode in the first season
2: yes they do actually I know why she doesn't use it and I'll tell you in a second Okay. you're going to make me wait so they enter the turbo lift and Picard says I considered him important for my key officers to know each other's abilities. Oh, we do, sir. We do, replies Choi. But telepathically to Riker, she says, I too could never say goodbye. Now, I take it back what I just said about Picard. It seems he is oblivious. I mean, it's because if Troy wasn't telepathic, just a ventriloquist, and Picard was like, you know I can hear you when you do that voice, right? <laughs> She's like, no, I'm only inside Riker's head. I, I can still hear you. Woff, can you hear her? Yes, sir. Should I phaser the voice? <laughs> I think she grew up thinking she had this ability. And then her mum told her that all Betazoids can do it. And nobody ever explained to her it was real.
1: So, so they don't really have this. Not, no Betazoid has this ability.
2: No, no, has it? No, no. That
1: would be an interesting no. turn. I'd like that more, to be honest.
2: Yeah, but that's why you don't see it later, because at
1: some point someone tells her. It, it would make her a more interesting character. It would, but you know, it'd make her a bit weird, wouldn't it? <laughs> it? It would work. You know, what it would work in. Wow. Carry on, next generation. Oh yeah, what mm-hmm. what? Yeah, no, carry on. Carry tre- on tracking. Sorry, yes, that's the better That's the better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it would work. It would work stop. in that. Use the official title. It would work title. in that. It would. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There you go. We should write this. Add it to the list. <laughs> okay. <laughs> How many Carry On movies that are we writing now, Colin? About seven.
2: Oh, yeah, well, no, it's so many, yeah. yeah. It's a shame yeah. they're all
1: dead, isn't it? God, I'll keep it alive. Actually, no, Jim, Jim Dale's still alive. Oh, we forgot about Jim Dale. Who would he be? Who did, who did we say was Data? Charles Hawtrey, I think Charles Hawtrey would make a make a yeah. better Data. Jim. See, now, you
2: would make Jim Jim Dale would be Riker, but then it's funnier if Sid James is Riker. <laughs> plus, plus, Sid James is Riker. He could still do the same thing when he enters the corridor and looks at the passing crew member's bum. That Riker does in every episode,
1: but he go. Whoa. <laughs> 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 Maybe Jim Dale could play the bad guy. Hey, Q.
2: <gasps> yes, excellent work. Yeah, there yeah. we go. We forgot about yeah, Q because we were just doing the the crew, you know. But yeah, yeah, Jim Dale's Q.
1: In all fairness, this episode did forget about Q as well for a while. So... Yeah,
2: we'll talk about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> So they beam down to Zahn's office. Picard tells him that they need more information before they can make recommendations to Starfleet. Zahn has no objections. But he is concerned about a Betazoid being at the meeting. Troy reveals that she is a half-Betazoid and can only sense strong emotions. Wouldn't you want a full Betazoid on the flagship of Starfleet?
1: You, you, you never go full Betazoid,
2: Carl. Really? Do you think Picard yeah. only you... realizing it now? He didn't know. He's like, hold on. You mean my Betazoid is faulty? Can I swap this one?
1: <laughs> Can I take yeah. it back? I've still got the receipt.
2: <laughs> Actually, she says something odd here. She says, I'm only half side. My father was a Starfleet officer. That's not
1: a race. That's true, because he could be any race if he's a Starfleet officer.
2: She's Betazoid. She's a Starfleet officer. Exactly.
1: So, yeah. Does she mean that he's humoured? I think that's what she's, she's getting at. I think it, I think that's a, a, an instance of, of ill-thought-out writing. It, it strikes me like something that they would have said in the original series in very early season one episodes where they're, they're still kind of trying to find their feet a little bit. You know, because right. there's, that, that, there's that kind of idea in the original series, isn't there, or that kind of inference where everybody's human in Starfleet and Spock's like yeah. the, the anomaly kind of thing because you you never see any other alien races on the enterprise other than spark you?
2: that's true that's true but i guess for me i always felt obviously that's not true but i always felt that it was the early days of starfleet when it was original star trek which now we say it's not but it always felt like it was yeah
1: that would that was that was the way to, to to make it work in your head wasn't it
2: yeah now zon says he has nothing to hide Picard tells Zorn that Stairfleet is interested in them building stair bases elsewhere, but Zorn, well, he's not interested in that. He doesn't want to get into the stairbase building business. Riker interrupts to suggest a trade. Items that they need in return for architects and designers who could show them their techniques, but Zorn says his people do not like leaving their home world, and if Stairfleet cannot accept that small weakness, then they will have to seek an alliance with somebody like, oh, you know, the Ferengi. Suddenly, Troy senses pain, loneliness, terrible loneliness, despair. She sent him my life.
1: (laughs) 35 years ago. It's amazing, Colin.
2: Yeah. Troy could tell it's not the people on the planet, but something else. Picard asks Zorn what the source of this is. But Zorn says no and then gets angry. They build a base luxurious in standards that caters for their every need. Pickard replies, yes, whilst avoiding our simplest questions. They get up to leave. Zahn tries one last tactic. The Ferengi will be very interested in a base like this. Fine, says Pickard. Let's hope they find you as tasty as their last associates.
1: Ferengi people? We haven't met the Ferengi yet. We don't meet them until a couple of episodes into the first season, do we? I like to think that maybe... because. Isn't there a, when they meet the Ferengi in that episode that's coming, they don't know much about them, do they?
2: No, no. And I know where you're going. I, I like to think this is some kind of Ferengi propaganda.
1: Or it's Picard just trying to put the wind up, Groppler, a little bit. The, he, yeah, you know, if we don't know a lot about the Ferengi, you probably don't either, so I could say anything.
2: It could yeah. be. But this, this idea of your enemy eating you is common.
1: <laughs> yes. It is. Yeah.
2: The, the, the Argentinians in the Falklands War thought that's what the Gurkhas did. Really?
1: Yeah, they had that fear. I wonder whether that's... It, when you, where when, it comes from in this, then?
2: When you don't know about... Well, it, it's, it happens in every mm-hmm. war, like when you don't know the enemy, there's this propaganda about mm-hmm. them that you either build up yourself or they build up to create you know, to scare you, basically.
1: It's actually a really good line, then, isn't
2: it? Yes. Ooh. Yeah. We cut to a shot of the Enterprise orbiting the planet. Riker is looking for Commander Data. He asks an ensign on how to find Data. She tells him how to use the control panel on the side of the corridor walls. Couldn't he just use his communicator? <laughs> data, where are you? I'm on the L deck. Cheers, mate. Well, there's
1: there's there's lots of instances of communicator usage in this that are Problematic in this second half. Yeah, we'll get. We'll yeah. I haven't
2: figured it out. Also, they don't really use the walls in other episodes that much. No, either. and they
1: certainly don't use those weird pointy arrow things that 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 tell him where to go.
2: <laughs> what if what if Data was walking around, Would the arrows keep trying to
1: follow him, and <laughs> he's gone left? No, no, he's gone right. He's gone right. <laughs> Quicker, pick up the pace. Come on, <laughs> he's getting away from you. <laughs> He's, he's going to get in that turbo lift. Oh, he's made it. <laughs> yeah.
2: A big punching glove comes out and smacks Data with the face so he can't keep walking.
1: Is that officer that uh, Riker talks to a <laughs> hobbit or is Riker just huge? Because she looks like about three foot tall.
2: He is a tall man, though, isn't he, Jonathan Frakes? He he looks massive compared to her. Yeah, he is like 12 foot tall.
1: Uh, 12 foot tall? <laughs> yeah, yeah okay. at least. Uh, you know that that she's going on his to-do list for later, don't you? The way that he looks at her.
2: Everybody is on that list.
1: <laughs> do you think in the, how many how many seasons did we get? Six, seven of TNG? Seven. Do you think he worked his way through the entire crew? Yes. You do? Yeah. I, 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 often, I often suspect as much, yes, yeah. <laughs> with Riker. Not,
2: not just crew, <laughs> visiting dignitaries.
1: Maybe maybe his idol was Kirk, but then again Kirk that's a fallacy that Kirk did that, isn't it?
2: Trust me, Riker was an idol.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, Kirk Kirk oh. wasn't Kirk wasn't as much as a ladies' man as the myth would have you believe.
1: And certainly not like those Kelvin movies portray him as. Right, yeah. But then again, that's not that's not that's not the Kirk, is it? It's no. a Kirk.
2: No, and that's because that's the writers just didn't just wicked it.
1: Yeah. K- Kirk Kirk, uh, snog a green woman every week which he didn't no. No. no,
2: so it turns out Data is in the holodeck it's a seed of a forest and Riker steps in, he's amazed so only galaxy class starships have holodecks
1: I guess so right. now, I read that this is something another thing that they wanted to put into the original series but they couldn't quite work out how to do it I think it would be easy to do just build a set I suppose, I mean, as a storytelling device, holodecks are a great idea. Yeah, but they're also a crotch. Yeah, I was going to say, they, 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 they start off as a great idea, but then they tend to get overused, don't they? Yeah, because
2: yeah, you could go anywhere in it.
1: Can you explain to me how they would work? Oh, yes, yeah, I mean, certainly. Why, so, don't you, why don't you eventually run into a wall?
2: Ah, because the uh, the environment moves with you.
1: But <laughs> all right, maybe I'm being a bit, a little bit thick here, Colin. But how can the environment move with you? You're not on a treadmill. You're actually physically walking across a room.
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's what you said. So but maybe the floor moves. Actually, I mean this this episode it does have a wall in it.
1: That's what I'm saying. We <laughs> yes. never,
2: we never see that
1: again. No, no. <laughs> I don't. So I don't quite understand this.
2: All right. Well, don't. But just I don't experience. understand it. No, don't um, understand it.
1: Now you? you're falling into the trap of that what modern Star Trek writers want you to do. Oh, don't that's think right. About don't, it. don't think about don't it. Don't think yeah. about it. Yeah. Don't think magic about crystals, it. Magic crystals. Magic time crystals. Don't think about it.
2: Yeah. Dear. Don't think about getting the Admiral out from the bomb by beaming her out. Don't do that. <laughs> just let her die. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> if you know, you know. Yeah. So there's there's real trees and a river, Riker calls out. He runs across some stepping stones, one of them is a bit loose and then he clambers over a hill. He hears whistling. Data is sat in a tree. He's having trouble finishing the song, Riker completes it for him. Data jumps down as Riker explains. There's some puzzles down on the planet that the captain needs answering. He suggests I take you on the way team, I'll be leading. They make the way through the trees and Riker reveals that he looked up Data's record. He asks if his rank is honorary because he's a machine. Data says no, that he graduated stair fleet, but asks if being a machine bothers Riker. Riker says yes, a little. Data puts his, this down to the prejudice that humans have. Now Riker's bothered that Data thinks he's superior to humans. Data points out that it's a matter of fact that he is, but he would gladly give it up to be human. Riker smiles. Nice to meet you, Pinocchio. Data stirs at him and Riker says, Joke. Ah, intriguing, says Data. Carson Riker reply, you are going to be an interesting companion, Commander Data.
1: Um, There's a few things in this scene. Brent Spiner's playing Data like he would eventually play Lore, isn't he? He's yes. He's not quite yes. worked out what he's meant to be doing yet. Or, or, or the limitations yes. of Data's character, let's say.
2: Yes, let's say Data hasn't learned everything that he's going to learn.
1: Exactly. I mean, the, there's... Um, wh- when this series started there was a um a six issue um next generation dc comic and they had date they they didn't have a clue they had data losing his temper one minute and then saying he has no emotions the next at what in one issue in the six issue run geordie dies and uh data's crying um so nobody kind of knew what they were doing at all with any of this right but the other thing is, it feels like they're setting up a friendship between Riker and Data, but it ends up being Geordie in the end, doesn't it?
2: Well, what's also interesting is apparently this was not supposed to be played the way that Jonathan Rakes, Frakes played it. All right, go on. He was supposed to be like aggressive and distrustful of Data, but Frakes delivered the lines in a totally different way from what the writers thought was going to happen. And they were like, okay. And I like the way he plays. So it. So
1: do I. Yeah. And I think if he if he played it the way the writers intended, don't you think it would have it would have made you feel different towards Riker? You would have felt. Yes. Yeah. What a dick.
2: But I but I assume the point was he was going to learn over time. Yeah.
1: Yeah. You know. But it 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 does feel like they're setting up a friendship, doesn't it?
2: Yeah, it does. Although, and and they do have like, uh, is it. Um, the episode where they go and find themselves in a hotel, They're stuck inside a hotel. Season
1: two, the Royale. Yes,
2: mm-hmm. that has like a Data and Riker together most of the time. It does.
1: Time. It does. Yeah. Although you know, modern Trek would have us believe that uh, Picard and Data were besties. You know, in an almost Kirk, oh. sort of Kirk Spock way, really, weren't they? <laughs> Funny that, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the films did that. Yes, yeah, so I think it started in First Contact, didn't it? No, it actually yeah, it no. Did. It started yeah. in Generations. What? Oh, you know right. when he's um, they're in the stellar cartography room and Data right. starts to have a panic attack, and and Picard talks right. about out of it. That's mm-hmm.
0: right.
2: Yeah, yeah.
1: Seven years, yeah. not n- not a not a jot of that. <laughs> Not really. No, no.
2: Data explains how the holodeck can seem so real by using transporter technology. After all, they convert matter to an energy beam and back again. Data shows Riker the rear wall of the deck, as you said. They hear Wesley and see him crossing the stones. He steps on a loose one and falls in the river. Data runs over and picks Wesley up with one hand. Let him drown. <laughs>
1: That's all I'm saying. I wonder why you have shaking just, your head. Just let let right. him drown. We were never here, sir. Okay? <laughs> Yeah. I should (laughs) die.
2: They exit the holodeck to find Picard walking past. He stirs at Wesley dripping on the floor. Later in sickbay, Wesley asks his mum to get a look at the bridge, but it's against standing orders. Crusher reveals that her husband and Picard were friends. But Wesley wants to see it from the turbo lift, and she says she'll see what she can do.
1: She says it, but she's got that look that says, just shut up. (laughs) Doesn't she? (laughs) Yeah,
2: stop pestering. I know that look well. Yes. Yeah. So all you do? You get it or give it?
1: Beg your pardon? A bit personal? Uh, You're well. <laughs>
2: <laughs> On the planet, Riker, Tasha, Diana, Jordi, and Data have been down. Tasha suggests that they begin by examining the underside of the station. Diana tells him that sensors did reveal some passages. She suggests that Riker and her take a look, but he dismisses this and tells Tasha and Jordi to go with her.
1: Data and Riker will search topside. Is, she just, is, she, then for some is reason, she just looking for an excuse to, you know, reacquaint herself with Riker?
2: Yeah, well, she just wants to talk to make sure everything's all right, I guess. And he'd rather not. For some reason, Geordie just points, and then they walk off screen.
1: it, it it's a weird shot, isn't it? it? I think it's like you know you were talking about dragging shots out just to just to keep the time up. You know, I think right. that's what they're doing here, isn't it?
2: There's no Yeah, because no one's saying anything. They're just stood there. Then Geordie just points in the <laughs> air
1: and then they walk off screen. <laughs> yeah, there's there's, like you, you there's no reason to just linger on that, is there?
2: No, as soon as Data and Riker make their way to the off mm-hmm. screen, that's when you mm-hmm. cut. Yeah. Data finds nothing odd about the materials around them. It's exactly what Starfleet uses. Tasha then... Calls using the odd term "team leader."
1: Yeah, that doesn't happen again, does it? No,
2: they found something interesting in the tunnels. They're in a passageway directly underneath. Geordie now joins in the party line. <laughs> Apparently, you could just cut into someone else's conversation.
1: It, uh, yeah, this is the, the whole communicator thing, isn't it? I mean, people are just slapping those communicators left, right, and center in this, in this.
2: Moment, aren't they? Yeah. Um, he says the materials of these walls is nothing they've ever seen before. Riker then asks the blind guy, uh, how are you
1: examining them? <laughs> are you implying that perhaps Geordie is... Uh, not, you know, not exactly <laughs> being above board with what he's talking about here.
2: <laughs> well, no, it's because Geordie says, I've, I've never seen this material before. Riker's like, uh how are you uh, examining these? Because, you know, <laughs> I want to draw the <laughs> obvious here, mate. <laughs> so, and, and then Johnny replies, every way, microscopically, firmly, electromagnetically, none of it's familiar. Reich asks, Troy, she says she's avoided opening her mind because earlier it had been so uncomfortable. That's her one job.
1: Yeah, the the one time where it actually would be useful to actually have these powers she doesn't really want to do it because no. yeah you know, it might hurt also aren't yeah. they just walking around not to be a spoiler or anything but aren't they just walking around a gigantic space creature's guts at this point anus, anus. <laughs> <laughs> that. I, I have to say that the the it does look good and the the lighting and the sound <laughs> effects really do give it a bit of atmosphere this this whole bit in the corridor. Not not the alien's guts, Colin, or its anus. I'm sure it looks fine.
2: I believe, I believe, Commander, we're in an alien's canal. Ah, how do you work that out, Data? Elementary.
1: They should have used that gag in the Sherlock Holmes episode that they do later. Yeah. Although I'm not sure how you'd work it in. <laughs> uh,
2: no, no, it would have been a waste. Oh,
1: oh, we're not, are we doing that now, are we?
2: <laughs> no, we're not, no, no, no. Riker says they need more information. So Troy opens her mind. Pain. Such pain. Riker orders that Data himself beamed over to Troy's location. And when he's there, he apologizes to her. Pain. Unhappiness. (laughs) Terrible despair. Riker asks, are you watching Star Trek (laughs) Picard?
1: Yeah, I was thinking, come on, the script's not that bad, is it? I mean... <laughs>
2: <laughs> she says it's no life form like this. Rike asked Geordie again about what he could see, and he says it's no material he knows. They walk down a corridor. Now, I kind of like the creepiness of it all.
1: Oh, yeah, it it, it feels great, this whole bit. Yeah. Although Geordie's kind of adding to the useless crew compliment at this point now, isn't he?
2: Well, he's... I, well it doesn't help but Rikers asked him the same question twice.
1: Exactly.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Back on the bridge, Picard hears the turbo lift open and sees Wesley. What the hell? Children are not allowed on the bridge. Doctor Crusher steps out. Permission to report to the captain. She also points out that Wesley is technically not on the bridge, as he's in the turbo lift. Your son? Picard replies. Yes, you last saw him years ago when she trails off. Picard agrees to let him on the bridge, seeing as you know he's already there. Picard tells him that he knew his father and that he could look around, but don't touch anything.
1: <laughs> I knew your father, Wesley. Oh, and I banged your mommy, <laughs> but we don't talk about that. Uh, he did, didn't
2: maybe your father? He did that, didn't he? Do you think he did? Yeah. Well, No. Do you... I don't think so. I
1: don't know. I often wonder whether that's what you just said then about whether they were kind of always hinting that maybe Picard was his real dad.
2: It's amazing they haven't done that in Star Trek Pickard, isn't it?
1: Oh, we've got another season yet. Yeah, you never know. Oh, God, Lord.
2: Yeah, we do, <laughs> you don't never we? Know. Right. This is the reunion one, right? Oh, yes. We're all going to hobble Oh, on.
1: yes. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Although, I, I did hear that apparently um, Brent Spiner is not playing Data.
2: Well, it doesn't matter. He plays everyone. <laughs> He's everyone, and it was Which ancestor that looks like Data is he going to be now? <laughs> Can... You know, Doctor, what's the what's the name's?
1: Sung, Sung. What's his name? Sung, yeah. I I did I, I didn't like it when he did it in Enterprise, but I put up with it. I liked it even less in Picard.
2: Yeah, it's funny. Apparently, in in the world of modern Star Trek, all ancestors and descendants look exactly the same.
1: Oh, I know. Don't get me started. You know, there's a scene in Picard where um, Noonian Sung when he's when he's Junior, Sung junior, whatever is, <laughs> Junior, junior. Um, when his plans get foiled, he pulls out a file from his drawer and it says, The Khan Project.
2: <sighs> let it go. Just let it oh. go, people. <laughs> Move on. Picard lets him sit in the captain's chair. He describes some of the equipment that Wesley knows all about already. A beeping sound occurs and Wesley presses a button. It's a perimeter alert. Picard orders them off the bridge as Worf confirms that yes, it is a perimeter alert. Ship sensors have detected an unknown vessel approaching. It's not the HUD returning. Picard orders the away team to beam up. The ship appears on the viewscreen. It looks like a flying saucer with a purple circle underneath, and it's not returning the hails. Picard raises shields and readies the phasers. The ship approaches. Picard calls Zorn and tells him about the vessel. Zorn says no ship is due to arrive. And Pickett asked him about the Frengi, but saw him, it's there's no dealings with them. It was just an empty threat. The ship is larger than the Enterprise. They always are, aren't they? should build, build they, they, bigger ships. They do tend to be,
1: yeah. I, it's yeah. got a bit of a close encounters vibe to it, the ship as well, hasn't
2: it? As it goes, doo, 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 doo. Wow. <laughs>
1: that was perfect, Colin. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs>
2: she says, if it was Motor Trek, it would play the Beastie Boys.
1: Oh. Yeah, less said about that, the better. Um, uh, I did like Will Wheaton's. I did like Will Wheaton's look of of amazement as he was walking around the bridge. I apparently, that, was, that was real. Did he not get out much?
2: Well, no, he's a Star Trek fan.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, yes, we know, don't we? Because he tells that with Shatner story every five seconds, doesn't he?
2: Yeah. So what I'm saying is, it wasn't good acting. It was real. Yeah, shit then wasn't it? Yeah. You've won me over, yes. (laughs) (laughs) I always say that everyone on Star Trek, their acting got better because they learned the skills and they got Mm. settled into the career, except for one who got worse as time went on.
1: But he disappears eventually. Yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm.
2: Uh, So the ship fires a beam of light to the Enterprise and stops. It's a scan of some kind. Back in the tunnels, Diana's still trying to sense the life lifeform. She feels close to an answer of some kind. Data tells her that something is shielding the communicators, and they can't contact the Enterprise. Diana says, "Oh yeah, that's exactly the feeling I've been having. You know that somebody <laughs> doesn't want us communicating with the ship. Oh, that's handy,
1: you know." She's just coasting at this point, isn't she?
2: Yeah. I gotta say, I feel bad for Diana at this point because I've been ripping at her throughout the entire episode. <laughs>
1: She, she gets better. The character does get better.
2: I don't think it's, it's not her fault. It's the writing's not very oh, good.
1: That's what I'm saying. The character gets yeah. better when they, they lose that thing, don't they, of her sensing something every two seconds. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. Riker says, come on, let's get to the surface.
1: Did you see that uh, Geordie was looking directly into the camera as he walks off screen, almost as if the actor can't actually see where he's going and he doesn't want to walk? into the camera. Well, he's
2: blind. He doesn't know there's cameras, uh <laughs> What
1: are you talking about? He can't see. I forget, Colin, it's real, isn't it? Yes.
2: Yeah, it doesn't matter. <laughs> there's no cameras. He can't see. He doesn't even He probably doesn't even know he's in Star Trek. Yeah, I mean, you could put Jardy in a holodeck. It'd be all right when he it? keep himself happy.
1: <laughs> He'd never find a wall, would he? No. Wandering around for days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'd like
2: yeah, would you? Stuck in a holodeck just wandering around. Oh,
1: it'd be amazing, wouldn't
2: it? Oh, I just... Uh, the fact that you could create whatever you wanted. No. <laughs>
1: what are you saying? I wouldn't,
2: wa- I wouldn't want to be one of the Enterprise cleaners. <laughs> yeah,
1: that, that is another thing. Where does it go?
2: Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> uh, clean up in holodeck 6. Uh, and if you... Clean ha- up in holodeck 6. If
1: you have... So, like, Deep Space Nine, they had the the club didn't they where they were always going, you know, with the singer and everything. Remember that? You know, with James Darren.
2: The, the jazz club. Oh, the one with the comedian. That's the
1: right. No, D- yeah, in, yeah, yeah. no, in deep space that's, nine. That's TNG. In, in, I'm in talking,
2: T- oh, the, a real club. Yeah.
1: No, it was a it was a yeah. holiday club, wasn't it? Run by that singer from the sixties, played by James Darren.
2: Why would you have a holiday club on a? Station that has a
1: bear. because didn't somebody made it and they wanted it anyway. Like anyway, my, my, point is, my, my, my point my oh. point my point is that if you eat or drink something in the holodeck, does it just disappear inside you once you no, walk out real. of the holodeck?
2: No, it's real. D- data explains that it's energy converted to actual matter. So
1: some of it's real, some of it isn't. It's all real, but in the. Okay, but in that episode where they in the first season, where the holodeck characters walk out of the holodeck, they disappear.
2: Yeah, they can't exist outside of the holodeck. So, how
1: does food and drink exist outside the holodeck inside your inside your tummy, tummy? Do you when you when you have when you have a burger as you do every day? (laughs) Well, not every day, but all right.
2: Can Can you see it in your
1: belly? No, but I know it's there, and I see it later. So.
2: That's interesting. It's like, so you're saying like maybe it doesn't affect you like calories? Yeah. So so basically it works like you think beer works for you, right?
1: That's how it works, isn't
2: it? Yeah, yeah. Well, you think, you know, you, you're on a calorie controlled yeah, diet, yeah, yeah, but yeah. beer is not included because that doesn't count. That's
1: right, yeah. Isn't
2: that? So holographic food is the same as beer to you. <gasps> holographic beer. Holographic oh. beer.
1: You can drink as much as you want. Amazing. Yeah. Right, sign Where'd me up. Would you get drunk? Would you get drunk of holographic beer? Maybe you're only drunk in the holodeck. As soon as you walk out of the holodeck, you're not drunk anymore. Would you, No hangover, even? Exactly. Oh, it'd be amazing. You could roll into work two seconds after you've just finished. Boom. Sober.
2: Well, how would your life be different than what it is in reality, Paul?
1: Back on the ship, Worf tells Picard that they still can't identify the alien vessel and that they aren't responding to any hails. Picard orders a scan, but their signal is just bouncing off. Suddenly, the alien ship begins firing at the planet, but not the station, just the old city.
2: Mm. Suspicious.
1: (laughs) You you sounded like um, Boris Karloff in Frankenstein. You know, he says, drink good. Mm. Woman, woman. Oh, it's funny you went there. I went and drink. Yeah, it shows yeah, where,
2: you know what kind of people it we does, are, right? It
1: does. Yeah. Riker and company find a passageway to the surface, witnessing the destruction of the old city. This set looks a lot like something from TOS, doesn't it? Of of the
2: yeah, it's just it's because of the backgrounds very boring.
1: Yeah, right? it's just it's just a red sky, isn't it? They used yeah. to do that a lot in original yeah, series, just... didn't they?
2: Yeah, and it's just kind of ruins. Mm
1: you think they would have done, like, a, a long shot. You know, maybe a, a model shot. I mean, because they've done model shots. They've, I mean, Firepoint Station's a model shot, or at least it's a CGI shot. Although I don't think they were using CGI then, were they?
2: No, that was, it was models, mm-hmm. yeah.
1: Riker orders Troy, Yaa and Geordie back to the Enterprise, while he and Data are going to check out what's happening. Not taking Yar, Security chief? You know, maybe could be useful? Uh-huh. No.
2: no? Oh. Maybe, maybe he's not taking anybody that he's had issues with, like, you know, relationships <laughs> with.
1: So that's true. I'm talking about yeah. Ja. Oh, you're saying he's, he's been there as well? Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, I'm I, saying he's
2: been there. Yeah. That's <laughs> <laughs> why, why he's taking the Android, because it's the only person. Yet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, do you have an interface part?
1: Yeah, I've heard you're uh, fully functional. We've well, got lots of sockets. That's true, yeah. yeah. Troy becomes emotional, saying that she couldn't bear it if something happened to Riker. He reminds her that she's under orders. And she regains her composure and they beam back up with the others. Yeah. I, I like it. It's like it happens, it's done. Yeah, I mean this scene would go on for a lot longer now, wouldn't it? It'd be the whole episode if it was bottled, oh, Trey. Yeah, it would, wouldn't it? It would. It would be what the show was about, actually. It would be, oh. yeah. I actually used to hate this moment, you know. But right. considering, like you said, our emotional Star Trek characters get now, this is nothing, is it?
2: No. No, she's stoic. It's
1: subtle, actually, Comparison, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it is, yeah. In his office, Groppler... I is... love that name, Groppler. Groppler is begging Enterprise for help. And back on the ship, Picard just orders him turned down, doesn't he?
2: Yeah. Do you do that to me? Do I do what to you?
1: Turn me down.
2: Sorry. Sorry, I can not hear you. Hold on a second.
1: Picard contacts Riker. Ah, I'm that's back better. Ah, thank you. Picard ah. contacts Riker, and after phasering his way through a gate, it's a bit weird that bit, isn't it? Because it doesn't look like that gate's connected to anything.
2: No, he just likes using his phaser.
1: So I've heard, yes. (laughs) Yeah, you just got to get it out occasionally, wave it around. He tells Picard that the old city is being destroyed, but oddly, there's no damage at all to Farpoint Station. Picard tells Riker about the Indian ship, and Picard orders Groppler Zorn brought up. Yeah. Picard turns to Troy for help. Things must be desperate. (laughs) As he is concerned about being put into a difficult position regarding the Prime Directive. But she's actually useful for once here. And she reminds him that seeing as the Bandai are in the midst of diplomatic discussions with the Federation, that gives him a little bit of wiggle room, doesn't it? Didn't they
2: make the uh, Tamagotchi ties? Sorry? Ban- the, the the Bandai <laughs> people, didn't they make the Tamagotchis? Well, when the
1: whole Fairpoint station fell through, I mean, they had to get into other things, didn't they?
2: So that's what they yeah. went
1: into. Yeah. Okay.
2: Did you ever have one of those? No, I never saw the point in them. You just kill
1: them, don't you?
2: Yeah. Well, it's not even like, it's just not even real graphics. It's not like a little computer person on the Commodore mm-hmm. 64. Oh, you had to bring, you had, you had you
1: had to bring up that? the Commodore 64 one, didn't
2: you? Remember the little computer person? <laughs> yes, I do, yes. You play cards with him, feed him. Yeah. The cassette was rubbish. The disc one was all right. The cassette was terrible. But the disc version was okay. We fed him. He'd play cards with him and you could put music on and he would dance and he would get sick and you'd have to make sure he was okay. And if you forgot to feed him or anything, he'd die.
1: Did he die, Colin? He died. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not surprised.
2: I watched him die. You
1: watched him die, did you?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Slowly, every day. How far
1: away from the screen were you when you watched him die? Oh,
2: Close. Very
1: close. Don't, don't lean in like that. Don't like that. Picard orders Phasers locked onto the alien vessel. When Q, do you remember Q? Uh, 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 alien. That's Omnipotent. him. Omnipotent. Omnipotent. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Suddenly appears. He's still in his judge robes, and he mocks Picard, calling him a savage. And his voice is echoey again in this bit. Ah,
2: wow, he's got the old reverb turned
1: on. He up. has. Q says, go on, use your weapons. <laughs> not, not quite like that, but... <laughs> <It's>
2: like... <laughs> All right. ah, go, on, go on, use your weapons. Yeah, well, give it a go.
1: And he points out that humans... He points. Cube. He points out that humans never seem to follow their own rules. It's true. You never follow your own rules. What rules? But Picard tells him that his order was purely precautionary. Q then reminds him, About all the Bandai casualties mounting up on the surface. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All those discarded (laughs) Tamagotchi. That's exactly what popped into my head as well. But Picard shows him that the order to send medical teams to the surface has already been given. So, you know, jog on. Isn't that what he refers to as the CMO? And that's the only time that we ever hear that expression as well, which I really liked. Oh, because it's like. Yeah, it felt really professional, didn't it? Like, you know. Yeah, Picard accuses Q of uncivilized conduct, then orders the Enterprise moved in between the alien and the planet. But Worf informs him that the ship control is gone. uh Oh, <laughs> can you imagine if that was Picard's reaction?
2: He <laughs> just goes, "Captain, we've lost control of the ship, and we're plummeting into the Earth, into the Earth's orbit. Oh no!" Oh no! <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> Whew.
1: that's a crisis. Why don't you just phaser it, mate? <laughs> that seems to be your answer, doesn't it? Yeah. On the planet, there has been an explosion, and Riker and Data are flat out on the ground, covered in dirt.
2: Now, why did why did they stay there? Why didn't they get further away?
1: Well, they're trying to get in to get Groppler, aren't they? And he's oh, his office right, is
2: right. in. Yeah. Okay. You know.
1: All right. Data sits bolt upright, and Riker comes to. Are you undamaged? Asked Riker. Data performs a quick diagnostic and tells him, Go on. Well, you say quick. Data says to Riker,
2: are you okay? Riker's like, yeah, yeah, I'm fine straight away. Riker says, are you undamaged? Data. And Data spends half an hour going, yeah. Hold on. Yep. Checking everything. Why does it take longer for Data to work out he's okay than it does for Riker?
1: I, I think it's because it, it gives the impression he's a machine, doesn't it, if he does a kind of like... You know, it's, that's what it's, it's there like, for, it's isn't like,
2: it? It's like, Data, are you okay? Hold on, I have to do a self-diagnostic.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was the 80s, wasn't it? <laughs> 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 yeah, he's going to dial in. Click. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I was hold on I turned the tape around put it in the other side <laughs>
1: yeah I, I I think it's there for our benefit rather than actually making any sense yeah yeah, yeah, but he says all systems are operating uh, and he kind of smirks as he helps Riker to his feet as well Data doesn't he he's a little bit his expression is kind of like, <laughs> <laughs> all right
2: well, well he's superior isn't he
1: yeah yeah but um, we lose all that don't we eventually Takes a few episodes, I think, but we eventually lose it, don't we? Yeah. Heading into Groppler's office, they find him cowering under his desk. He begs them to send it away. Who's they? asks Riker, to which Groppler pleads ignorance. Data believes Groppler's lack of knowledge to be unlikely, as he supervises the Bandai's contacts with all other worlds. Riker turns to leave when suddenly Groplet screams in pain as a transporter beam of some kind snatches him away. On the ship, Q mocks them for not even knowing who has taken Zorn. Riker wonders if it's Q at first. But Troy informs Picard that now she's sensing great satisfaction.
2: Mick Jagger's on the ship.
1: Oh, that'd be amazing, wouldn't it? I would, yeah. Wrapping his lips around. Yeah,
2: yeah, doing that weird dance Mm -hmm. he does.
1: And Q refers to Picard as a dullard. That amused me. Good to hit today. We're asking if the sensation is coming from the same place as before. Troy tells him no, this is much closer. Oh. <laughs> Riker and Data arrive back on the bridge as Picard orders Q to either leave or finish us. There's not a lot to this second half of this episode. It just occurred to me. There's, there's We've had a really strong first half and there's not much to this second half, is there?
2: Yeah, you mean the first half that I had to do, all the detail and characterization, and dialogue, and then the second half, which is nothing. I like it like that. Why do you think you always
1: do the first half of everything, Colin? Oh, I know. I'm well aware. Q agrees, as long as Riker beams over to the ship and investigates. Picard is reluctant to send any of his people over, but Riker replies that he wants to go. And Q looks at Riker... Musing that he shows promise. That's a hint at what's to come, isn't it, in another episode? Yeah. Yeah. Riker then rails on Q, telling him that, haven't they proven by now that humanity is no longer a savage race? But Q tells them that they must mm-hmm. still prove that, and disappears. Yeah,
2: puff of smoke. What? <laughs> it doesn't disappear, <laughs> a puff of smoke. I just...
1: D- did I miss something? <laughs> it's a poof. As, as Picard heads for the turbo lift, Riker asks what he will do if they can't prove their worth to Q. I'll attend to my duty. To the bitter end, asks Riker. Picard smiles. I see nothing so bitter about that. That's a great moment. That's the yeah. best moment in the episode.
2: It is, yeah. Yeah, attend to my duty. He's locked the <laughs> toilet again. Oh, <laughs> well, if that's, that's it, he's like, it's just because lift doors open. And then they open up again slightly, and he goes, ah uh, toilet, Riker." Oh, <laughs> sure.
1: You get more off on that, though, wouldn't you? Really? You would, yeah, yeah. He'd yeah. attack that U bend with his brush, it's like phaser. It. It. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it shoots everything. You've got to say, and we have said it multiple times at this point now, um, but this is Picard, isn't it? This is the version of picard we get now he's not the same person all right he's older
2: uh no 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 i i think this 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 isn't exactly picard i think season season 3 or 4 is picard i think this is still early prototype picard for me but it's still it's still he's still too uptight and shouty he thinks he's on a on a Victorian sailing ship <laughs> where you have to yell at everybody and shout commands because on a sailing ship you do because mm-hmm. you've got a lot of noise. Mm-hmm. You don't have to shout when you're in an upholstered, carpeted bridge. So you've still got that too uptight, but it mellows a little later on. Not too much, just a little. You'd take it, though,
1: wouldn't you, compared with what you've got now?
2: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's a thousand times better yeah. than what we end up with, yeah. yeah.
1: Picard goes to see Crusher and apologises for his behaviour earlier, and even praises Wes for his abilities. But that hurt. Yeah, I bet it did. But he then goes on to basically try to get her to quit her job so that he doesn't have to put up with her and her annoying kid. Or or, Was I reading that wrong?
2: (laughs) Yeah, it's also weird that, again, I I complained about this in Modern Trek, but it appears to go back to this as well. Like, Wouldn't he know who his chief medical officer is? So... At first, I thought, okay, maybe she was chief medical officer aboard the Enterprise before he came aboard. But then she says she chose that assignment. That's right,
1: yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. So it's like, how does he not know who is? Is that how it works on a ship? You don't know who your doctor is? I find that really hard to believe. That seems weird, yeah. right?
1: Yeah.
2: I think it's a. You don't know who your nurses are or your, or your, you know, your cadets. You don't care about that. But them. you'd
1: know who, who all your chief of staffs were, wouldn't you? At least. Yeah, yeah. you would. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a contrivance for, for dramatic purposes, for isn't
2: it? Yeah. Conflict,
1: yeah. But tells him plainly that if she had any issues regarding Picard and her husband's death, she wouldn't have requested the job, as you said. No. He shakes her hand, welcomes her aboard, mutters something about being friends, and then gets the hell out of there.
0: Yeah, he's mm-hmm. done.
1: Woof. So Riker, Yar, Troy, and Data beam over to the alien ship into an identical corridor to the one underneath Farpoint Station, but without any signs of power. Troy then feels anger and hate directed towards the Bandai City. Or at least it wasn't me. Oh, it makes a change, doesn't it? It does, He does. To which Data starts to just comment on things that everybody already knows, to which Riker tells him, don't stop, my friend. Yeah. So there's that hint that the... There's, there's going to be some kind of relationship between the two, right? Unless, like you say, he's just looking to plug him later.
2: Oh, terrible turn of phrase, but okay.
1: Well, I say plug because he's a, he's a machine, isn't he?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I wasn't being rude. I mean, he, he oh, would you, be like, I you It were. would be it would be like plugging something in, wouldn't it? I mean, I he's got sockets.
2: All right. Can we move on? I'm, <laughs> you I'm don't want to talk about there, this, this whole conversation. All
1: right. Okay. Yeah, no. Riker is giving a live commentary to Picard, telling him he sees no controls or readouts of any kind. And Troy tells him that Groppler is just ahead. They hear Groppler no, scream. Not. That's not true. There's a body. He's got arms. They're
2: <laughs> just ahead at all. <laughs> I imagine if she did that. Saw so on his head. Picard's like, Holy Christ, he's just ahead. Beam him back, quick. <laughs> the chopping bodies off. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, wait,
1: wait, Captain! Sorry, it's heard a phrase? It, it would be quite. It would. It would be better than this. Yeah. They hear Groppler screaming, a full-bodied scream, not just a head, and find him suspended in mid-air, surrounded by a force field that seems to be torturing him. Troy suddenly realizes mm-hmm. that she is only sensing one alien presence, and when Groppler screams that he doesn't know what the alien wants, Troy says he's lying. Isn't Groppler technically an alien? Yeah, yes, is. He is an alien. But she's only sensing one alien presence.
2: Well, I mean, I assume she, we already know who Zahn is. She means she's sensing an alien presence
1: other than Zahn. Should be clearer, Troy. That's all I'm saying.
2: Well, we really pick on her, don't we?
1: I was going to do some weird Picard joke then, but I couldn't actually make it work in my head, so I won't do it. <laughs> okay. Yes, we do. And it's unfair. It's, it's, it's and we're very naughty and yeah. we shouldn't do it. No. You Although we did pick on Yah quite a bit as well. Well, that's even worse. That means we're just yeah, picking the, on the female
2: the, character. The on- oh, yeah, yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> the, only, the only reason we've not picked on her in the second half is because she's got nothing to do. That
1: is true. Yard does nothing in this second half, does she?
2: No. All her stuff's in mm. the first half. And you wonder why she quit. <laughs>
1: that's true. We've we picked on Wharf. Quite a bit. Yeah. Uh, evens it out. He's got a big head.
2: Yeah. It's true. He's a bumbling fool.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. You know, that changes as well, isn't it? Yeah. Too many people on the bridge. That's all I'm saying. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. Riker and Data phaser the force field, releasing Groppler. And I like the little moment that they take to compare phaser settings before firing. There's no sort of like... Phases to fall, or something like that. They just a little look at each other's phases and compare it before they fire.
2: Right. Yep.
1: Because you would. I mean, why would you have to say it out loud? These people are professionals, aren't they?
2: That's true. Yep.
1: Groppler is released, which seems to anger the alien. And on the bridge, they see the pulsing lights of the ship begin to change. Q reappears, mm-hmm. now in a Starfleet uniform, and he informs them that their time is up. Picard tries to beam his team back, but he can't even contact the transporter chief. So, is this O'Brien? He's still sat in the battle bridge going, well, isn't he? where is everyone?
2: Where have they all gone? No one told me we weren't done with this. Oh, well.
1: Either that or from previous um, evidence, he probably wouldn't have even noticed that he's he's alone, would he?
2: He's just still sat there going (laughs) pressing buttons
1: and I'm flying this ship. Trying to see if he can get Spotify on his console. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Picard humbly tells Q that his people are in trouble. Q smiles and sits in the captain's chair, which causes a reaction on the bridge. Like a rash? (laughs) Well, everyone kinda jumps up, like, how dare you sit in that chair? Wesley sat in it a second and he kicked him off, didn't they? Anybody could sit in that chair. I've sat in it. You have, haven't you? Yes. <clears throat> Very jealous. Picard orders everyone at ease and asks Q for permission to get his people back. And it, this is really well played by um, Patrick Stewart, isn't it? Yeah. It's 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 like, again, he's showing what a captain he is. Because you know that he wants to just kick Q off his ship, but he's doing yeah. what he needs he has to do even going as far as telling him that he'll do whatever he says.
2: That's right, yeah.
1: You wouldn't say that to Q in uh, Picard.
2: <laughs> yeah, it depends whether... <laughs> you yeah. yeah, I see you're fine. Yeah. yeah.
1: Suddenly, the away team, along with Groppler, materialise on the bridge, as Q reminds Picard of his last few words. But Troy and Riker tell Picard that the agreement doesn't stand, as it was the alien that returned them, not Q. Troy then goes on to say that it isn't a vessel, but it's alive. And in the background, Q is trying to get Picard just to fire on the alien and have done with it.
2: Yeah, he's saying, like, just shoot it. Fire all phases. He's mm-hmm. not like going, oh, just he
1: needs He needs to get onto Worf, because you know if Worf was on that console, he'd be like... Yeah, he's
2: talking to the wrong guy. You're right. Yeah, he, is.
1: Yeah, he is. Yeah. Groppler also wants Picard to fire, saying that the alien was killing his people. Was there a reason? Picard asks, and Q points out that it's an unknown, isn't that enough? To which Picard replies that if he'd earned that uniform he's wearing, he'd know that the unknown is what brings them out there. This all feels so different to the explosions and bloodshed of modern Trek, doesn't it? Yeah, they
2: would be punching each other at this point.
1: Oh, I mean, we've got eye gougings, we've got God knows what going on in modern Trek, haven't we?
2: You sounded like someone selling something. We've got eye jeans, we have got um we've got frontal punches, we got neck holds. And if you want, roll roll up, roll up, two for one, two for one.
1: Doesn't it doesn't have to I mean this is this is Gene Roddenberry's influence all over this, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. it reminds me a lot of the the end of the cage. Uh, ah how, Yes, okay. It's all, you know, we need to understand what's going on yep. rather than just react it yep yep they then discuss the identical tunnels and why Groppler was being punished perhaps for some wrong he's inflicted on another creature at this point Groppler blurts out that all they did was help the thing whoops
2: <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> what a <laughs> fool did, did i say that out loud i thought it was just in my head yeah worst worst villain ever yeah picard figures it out that the ship and Furpoint station are creatures that can convert energy into matter, and he orders a beam of energy directed at the station. The ship then grows tentacles mm. and becomes a gigantic space jellyfish.
2: So the Fairpoint Station disappears, right, and turns yep. into yeah. Yep. Yeah. What What happened to all the people in the Fairpoint Station? Dead. Oh.
1: All right. Maybe they evacuated it. I didn't hear that. Didn't see that. No, no. I'm 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 reading between the lines. Yeah? Or maybe the, the alien just ate them. They're in its guts at the end of the day, aren't they?
2: That's true. Well it doesn't need to eat them then. They're already there. Instant
1: absorption. Ooh. Yeah. That sounds good, doesn't it? it sounds like a tissue advert, but yeah. <laughs> it turns out that the Bandai captured one of these creatures, its mate and fed it just enough energy to keep it alive and able to do whatever the Bandai required of it. Q points out that he sees now that this was too simple a puzzle and that generosity was always his weakness.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm like Q.
1: <laughs> really? Go on, yeah. this should be good.
2: Yeah. Go on. No, I'm just saying generosity is my weakness. I keep, I keep
1: you doing <laughs> stuff. Keep you, you know. I didn't realize you were my kura, Colin. Oh, pop, pop, we're all your kura. <laughs> yeah, that's probably true, actually. Yeah. Uh, they feed the station creature an energy beam. It comes alive and turns into a creature that skips off into space, holding tentacles with its friend. Yeah.
2: It's also a bit. I'm sure
1: skips. Well, they 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 could if they would. They would if they could oh, right. even. Got that the wrong yeah. way around, didn't I? Oh. It's also a bit of a Star Trek the motion picture moment, as well, isn't it? It feels like, yeah. you know, the yeah. whole. The, you think of that new line. Intelligence. Exactly. Well, it's
2: not new intelligence, but it it is to them.
1: Yeah. This bit always made me laugh, though, when Troy describes a feeling of great joy and gratitude. I don't know, I don't know what it is about the way that she delivers that line, it, it just makes me chuckle.
2: Maybe he's just signed a seven-year contract.
1: (laughs) That's true. Picard turns to Q and he basically tells him to get the hell off his ship. Q agrees to go, but before he finally disappears, he tells Picard that he will not promise never to appear again. We zoom in on Picard, who gives a wry smile to his crew. We'll see him again. I think we might. And again. And again. And again. It's later, and we see the Enterprise still in orbit. Captain's log, Stardate 41174.2. It was a bit too shatner that, wasn't it? It was very aggressive. It was. like an angry log. <laughs> an angry... We've all had an angry log, Colin, haven't we? That's true, we have, yeah. yes, yeah. The agreement for the rebuilding of Fairpoint Station has been completed per my instructions. It's a very short log entry. But he's got places to go. He has. And we cut to the bridge with everyone at their stations reporting ready. Did you notice as well that there's a very severe lack of O'Brien in this second half?
2: He just—I told you—he's still at—he's still at the battle. He's bridge. still on there,
1: isn't he? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> How long do you think he stayed there before you realised? Better go, really.
2: Well, when did he first appear in the transporter room? Season, like
1: season two. Three? Season two, wasn't it? Three. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. When when did he meet Keiko? I can't remember now. Yeah, I don't remember that either. She just appears, doesn't she?
2: Yeah, at some point, hmm. yeah.
1: Riker hopes that this adventure isn't the way that the missions will always go. Oh, no, number one, smiles Picard. I'm sure most will be much more interesting. And leaning forward, he whispers, let's see what's out there. Engage. And they warp off and many more seasons of enjoyable, quality Star Trek. Oh, do you remember those days, Colin? <laughs> do you remember those? <laughs> I do. I do,
2: yeah, yeah. Fun, fun memories.
1: And that's the end of the pilot episode of Star Trek The Next Generation.
2: Nice. So, Paul, what did you think of the pilot episode?
1: If I'm looking at this as a two-parter, which we have, then it's fair to say that this second half is the weaker half, I think. Yeah. The first had the introduction of a new ship, a new crew, new everything, which can't help but be more interesting than what's to come in the second half. You had the trial, you had the source of separation, you got the McCoy cameo. Right. This had lots of talking and space jellyfish. Yeah. Yeah. But having said that, there are still some nice little moments between the characters, particularly Riker and Picard. They seem to settle a bit more into the roles in the second half than they did in the first half, I think. Um, it's the stuff in- interesting cause It's interesting because it's... Probably not filmed in that order. Probably isn't, which is weird, isn't it? But it feels like it when you watch it. And the stuff in the alien corridors was good on the planet. Yeah. So, as a whole, it's very flawed in places as a pilot. And you can see that people are feeling their way into what this new Star Trek is going to be. Yeah. Yeah. But I do think it's a much stronger pilot episode than I ever gave it credit for back in the day. Um, and there's no doubt whatsoever that this is 100% Gene Roddenberry's vision of Star Trek, more so than the original series was. His, his right. fingerprints are all over this. Yeah. And I kind of miss that. Makes me quite sad watching it, really. Oh, don't cry. What's wrong? He's crying. Everybody's crying. Try not to. Tears roll not down Daddy's face. But is it a hit? You know, That's the question. I think I'm going to say yes.
2: Because
1: oh. it is the episode that launched seven seasons of, of good Star Trek. And it sets it all up nicely. So, yeah, I, I, I'm going to say it's a hit. All right. What about you?
2: Um, I agree with everything you've said so far. Um, you could tell though that it's two different stories that's been slapped together.
1: Oh, you can see that the Q thing's just, just tagged onto it,
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. Oddly, because you know, the Q thing is what people remember mm. and goes forwards into the series, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, do you think, do you, do you think that might like, be
1: that nobody cares about giant space jellyfish? I
2: don't know, I think we need to start voicing support for space jellyfish. <laughs> yeah, st- I think they. they they need more people to speak up for do, them. Do you
1: need? To, do you want to start a movement? Yes, I do. Okay, yes. You he, you heard it here first.
2: Yeah. Don't don't give them the welly. Support the space jelly.
1: <laughs> I like it. Okay.
2: T shirt. T shirt's coming soon. Everybody should wish to be a space jellyfish.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay.
2: Um. What's that in the sky? It's a space octopi. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Um, I think you have to also give it credit for being the first new Star Trek since the original series in that it's got a lot of problems because it's exploring something brand new. Mm -hmm. Every pilot that's come since then in Star Trek, whether it be Voyager, DS9, Enterprise, has built... From the mistakes made in this pilot.
1: Oh yeah,
2: yeah, I can see that. So I think you have to remember that, but and some of the acting is a bit hard. Diana Troy's character is not very well written, but again, it all seems to be because they weren't sure about the characters. I don't know whether it was a rush to get it written and
1: produced. Mm-hmm. And we we should say, shouldn't we, that um we have poked fun at troy quite a lot in this episode but it it is purely down to the way it's written
2: yeah yeah it's got nothing to do with the actor
1: no not at all
2: yeah so and and of course you read that the actors didn't really know Mm. or have the time to develop their characters but it's funny because i don't think we would be saying this about any other pilot this kind of defense for it oh no it's because of Star Trek.
1: well no, but, but is it is it because it's Star Trek, or is it because we have such a nostalgic view of this? because there's been Star Trek pilots since this, which we've been less <laughs> understanding about. Well, which there?
2: ones don't you like compared to this one? Are oh, fat, you rate lower than this one:
1: Um the Voyager pilot, I think, is terrible.: Oh, you do. mm-hmm. I think it's dull. Because,
2: oh, it's dull. it's dull. Okay.
1: The Deep Space Nine pilots. Again, I I find that top heavy as well. All the good stuffs in in the first half of it, I think. So I think, and I
2: think you might agree with me there. I surprisingly think the Enterprise pilot is the best pilot.
1: And don't you think that comes from like you said that they've learned from mistakes? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, they've learned from Voyager. Yeah, and it's a lot of the same creative team that, that worked on all these Star Trek series. Rick yeah, Berman, in particular. Exactly. Yeah, I I completely agree with you. I mean, Enterprise is on a whole. It's it's. A, I think it's a show that's getting more traction and recognition now. Oddly, all those years later than it than it got at the time.
2: Yeah, it seems to be.
1: I I'd take another season of Enterprise any day over what we're getting now.
2: Yeah, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I would too. Yeah,
1: I wasn't necessarily talking about old pilots. I was talking about the modern Star Trek pilots. They are Star Trek. At the end, of the day, it is Star. I mean, it has the Star Trek name on it.
2: Oh yeah, I think the Discovery pilot is terrible. Mm-hmm. The Strange New Worlds one is all right, but it's very forgettable.
1: I was going to say the exact same thing about both. Yeah, the Picard one I can't even remember. Nope. I think I've erased it from my mind. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't got a clue mm-hmm. what that one was like.
2: Uh, and that's it. So, is the character of Fairpoint a hit? Ooh. Yeah, I think so. Again, I'm like you. you got to bear in mind everything that it's created and that's come from it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a hit.
1: Is it. And just to wrap it up, is it more of a hit than The Cage? Well, The Cage is a failed pilot. Okay, so is it more of a hit than. <laughs> is it more of a hit than Where No Man Has Gone Before?
2: I think it's more. It's got more values of Star Trek than Where No Man Has Gone Before because that was made to please a studio or a network, I should say. But, so that's why it has the action sequence. Yeah. Is it more into. But it, but when no man has gone before, he's entertaining.
1: Yeah, it's an adventure story, isn't it? Yeah. And it, yeah. and it's got William Shatner ripping his shirt, which we'll see many times in the future. Which,
2: yeah, that's true. Yeah. Which you love.
1: Well, you know, I'm a big William Shatner fan. I wouldn't, I wouldn't like to see him do it now.
2: Bet you would.
1: <laughs> I, w- I would actually. Um, yeah, I, 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 I agree with everything that you're saying
2: all right so there you go that's it for a two-parter uh and finished off a hundred episodes now into the next hundred episodes and beyond do you know you know yeah yeah yeah, yes leave it there (laughs)
1: you you know what they say in star trek and the human adventure continues
2: you know what they say in star trek beam me up no So thank you to our Patreon supporters. And don't forget, you can email us at info at retrospectionpodcast.com. You can visit the site, retrospectionpodcast.com, and you can still message us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please rate and uh, review us wherever you download the podcast. And remember, half a betazoid is better than no betazoid at all. Goodbye. Bye.